0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now, so let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. (laughs) I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There, don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and seatgiant.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE at checkout to save. (sighs) Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post game show with Six Seventy, the scores, Jay Zawoski, and NBC Chicago's James Navo. Welcome into this post game edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Once again, Jay Zawoski with you solo tonight. James Navo is on Olympic duty. I don't know if I'm going to see him for the next month or whatever it is the Olympics happen. He's a very busy man working his butt off at NBC. Uh no, we'll be back with a full length podcast early next week. Uh before we get into tonight's game, the Hawks lose three two or I'm sorry, three nothing to the Minnesota Wild. Uh their fifth consecutive loss. We will definitely get into that. But uh, something I wanted to bring up regarding the podcast in general as we go forward here. I know the Hawks are no longer competitive. I know there's no chance in hell they're making the playoffs, and I know with that in mind, we're definitely going to lose some regular listeners, which makes sense. It's hard to argue. But uh, before maybe that big fallout happens, I just want to mention that as the season goes on, James and I will be doing much more sort of big picture things, looking at guys down in the uh, organization. We'll be looking at the draft. We'll be looking at, obviously, the trade deadline that's approaching in a couple weeks. Um, you know, We'll be talking about bigger picture things. It won't just be about the game and about the team this year. So it's not gonna be all negative. It's not gonna be all uh, you know, doom and gloom, recapping every loss. We're gonna look big picture, which I think we've done a pretty good job of doing this year anyway, but the focus will change as this as the podcast goes on for this season. Uh, and then I would expect this to be a very busy off season, very full of news. Um, so try to stick with us as best you can. I know the Hawks are frustrating. I know they're sort of a chore to watch. I'm sort of feeling the same way when I know the Hawks are playing that night. It's just kind of uh, it's just going to bum me out for two and a half hours. And tonight was no exception as the Hawks lose 3-0 to the Minnesota Wild. And yeah, you heard Pat Foley mentioning it like, oh, you know, they really didn't play that poorly. You look at some things and they didn't allow a shot for 15 minutes or whatever it was. That's all fine and good. And Devin Dubnik had to stop 43 shots and yada, yada, yada. And all the sort of uh, good things you want to say about this game, all of which are true you know, there were some moments where the Hawks played well, but I tweeted out right before I started this podcast that these games where you see the Hawks piling up shots and not putting the puck in the net, they feel so similar to that infamous playoff series against the Arizona Coyotes, doesn't it? Where at the end of the day, you look at the stat sheet and you see 40, 45, 50 shots on goal, and maybe just one goal, two goals, zero goals, just a top to bottom, very frustrating season. And as the game was going on, I was taking some notes and I just, in the back of my head, I had a feeling of, you know, this team has been pretty unlucky. Unlucky. There's been some moments where you would say, man, that, I can't believe that puck didn't go in or it just happened to hit the goalie, yada yada. So I went and looked at the team's uh, PDO and PDO, if you don't know, measures uh, a team's, I, for lack of a better word, their puck luck. So What you would say is um, a team with a with a normal PDO would be right around 100. So PDO is your shooting percentage uh, plus the or (laughs) it's your shooting percentage and the goalie save percentage. So naturally, it would make sense to add up to 100. If you are over 100, that means you're having a lot of success. You're having good puck luck. If you're under uh, by a large margin. It would mean you're having some bad luck. So here, looking at the rankings, the, the worst PDO in the league belongs to, of all teams, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have a .967 PDO. I said, okay, that, all right. Where are the Hawks? I would think they'd be very low based on just sort of, I don't know, your mind's eye, I guess you would call it. The Hawks are 21st, which is, you know, it's the bottom chunk, but it's not awful and like I told you before, the you know, average PDO would be around hundred. That means, you know, you're having a pretty normal season. The Hawks, .995. So they're not that far off from what you would consider an average or middle of the pack sort of puck luck team. So that's not really it either. And I hate to just keep going back to the intensity and the effort and things like that. But, you know, as I as I watch these games I take notes. Goal one real quick into the game. The Hawks are standing around while the wild are taking shot after shot after shot on Jeff glass. The first is a cross crease pass that is somehow missed right in the mouth. Right. Then there's another one that looks like it goes in, but it hits the side of the net just by an inch. Then of course the wild score from behind the net to make it one, nothing. They could have scored three times in 10 seconds. They really could have. It's it's kind of incredible. Then the Hawks get a two minute five on three. They get four shots on goal, none of which were very difficult. The most memorable one, I believe, was a Duncan Keith slap shot from the slot that Devin D- Dubnik saw clearly and gloved easily, and looked very nonchalant in doing. You get a five on a two minute five on three early in the game. You're you're down a goal. You're fighting for your playoff life, and you muster nothing. It's just it just it's rinse repeat with these guys it just seems like that's what's happening every game uh they you know they come out and maybe they put up a lot of shots maybe they don't maybe they show something maybe they don't but it's just I I feel it's kind of the point and I don't know if I'm alone here I feel that every night I expect a loss (laughs) and I don't care how negative you felt going into this year about the Hawks chances to win a Stanley Cup because that's what realistically we should all be thinking about all the time a team with this sort of payroll with these kind of players Stanley Cup should be the goal and I think we all knew this year was going to be tough losing Marion Hossa wasn't good you know obviously hurt the team probably more than we ever thought it would he came up in tonight's game as well on the broadcast and they miss him dearly but Losing Nicholas Jalmerson, who has not been great in Arizona, granted, but when he was here, he's one of your better players. How about, like, fringe guys? Marcus Kruger, who has just waved, and no, they should not pick up Marcus Kruger, for the record, but that's a guy who was here and played in the system for a long time and had a very niche role of killing penalties, being a fourth-line center, and he did a damn good job at it. But again, a bad Bowman contract forced you to trade him. You lose Trevor Van Riemsdyk as well in the expansion draft and I know that he was public enemy number one around here but he was a good player he was overused by Quenville and over trusted by Quenville but tell me right now that this team would not be better with Trevor Van Riemsdyk on it of course they would and we all knew the expansion draft you're going to lose somebody fine I get it it's not like it was just a bet you had to lose somebody and I get why those guys were let go but when it all you add it all up You've got all these new faces. You've got all these young players making their debut. Another Hawk made his debut tonight in Carl Dahlstrom. I'd like to really break down his game. I think he played well. He played sort of your ideal first game for an NHL defenseman. He just wasn't very noticeable. And I don't mean that critically. I mean it is fine. He was fine. He was out there and he did his job. And nothing really went horrifically wrong or right when he was out there. He just went out there and played D, which I think is what they want from him at this point. Um, But, you know, as we look at this thing and we look back on our expectations versus the reality, it's just hard to feel like this is an, an underachievement. They're better than this. I'm sorry. They're better than this. And we talk about the veteran players letting the team down. Duncan Keith does not have a goal. I know he's not a goal scorer. But a guy gets that much power play time, can't tip it off someone's ass or something? You know, Brandon Saad hasn't scored in nine months or whatever it is. Jonathan Taves is, is fighting it. There was an opportunity on a power play today where he just had to get the puck back to the point to Jordan Osterley, And the puck was five feet wide of him. That's not stuff Jonathan Taves does. Man, even if the puck's not going in, he's making the right play and he's making solid passes. There is something very wrong here. And we're going to get into this on our next big podcast, which I I think I mentioned already, but I'll mention it again. We'll come probably Monday or Tuesday. There's big problems here. And Sam Bowman talked today and was asked, you know, how do you feel about your job security? And he gave kind of the boilerplate like, well, I'm going to keep showing up until they tell me not to. That sort of shocked me. Because I was always under the impression that Stan was the guy, on the hockey side at least, really running things and really had a firm grasp on what was going on and who was, you know, doing what and who stood where. That to me sounded like a lame duck, you know, baseball manager. Right? Like the guy who knows at the end of the year he's gonna get canned. For the first time, I'm starting to feel like because of those comments, maybe he feels like he's not coming back. And maybe he's not coming back. I don't know. That's going to be the topic of discussion. One of the many as we wrap up the season here. But again, tonight's game, like we said, there were some things to feel good about. Not allowing your opponent to get a shot for 15 minutes. That's impressive, especially on the road. You got to have to give him some credit there. But it was all too late. It was too late. Lance Boma was out there throwing his body around. Throwing his fists around. All right. You know, people that listen to this podcast know how I feel about fighting. But look, he's showing a pulse. He's out there playing. He's out there trying. It's one of the few guys out there doing that right now. And I hate doing that. I hate doing the effort thing. But what else is it? Are they skating hard? Are they playing hard? You see an intensity. When you see Lance Boma out there, playing like a wrecking ball, a guy at the very bottom of the roster, playing balls out every night. When the other guys aren't, it really stands out. And I think the most noticeable guys the last two games have been Lance Boma and Tommy Wingles. That should never be the case on this team. I'm sorry. That should never be the case on a team with this much talent. And you can go beyond Taves and Kane, and Keith and Seabrook and those guys, Nick Schmaltz, Alex Dabrinkit, to a lower level, Anthony DeClaire. These are the guys you should be noticing. And I think for the most part, Dabrinkit lately has been the most noticeable of the skill players. I think Artem Anissimov has looked pretty good in his two games back. But aside from that, you're not seeing a lot. And Vinny Henestroza was a guy who I think he's played okay since he's been here but that was a guy you were counting on for some energy for some speed and this offense just is so slow they get the puck in the zone and you see whoever it is if it's camp if it's henistrosa if it's tase Kane, whatever stand on the boards circle around you know stop and go turn change direction try to you know fool the defender and leave him behind then you pass it then everybody circles around then you spin around some more. Then you turn it over. It's just, there's no attack. Where is the attack? It's just not there. Sometimes you'll see a game where a team is down, right? And tonight would have been a perfect example if the Hawks were playing any sort of attacking style at all. A team's down 2 nothing, 3 nothing. It's the third period. You know if you're that team with the lead, you better strap it down because they're coming hard. They're going to bring everything they can to try to get back in that game. Uh, where was it? Where was that tonight from the Blackhawks? I didn't see Minnesota holding on for dear life. They pulled a goalie with, what, like 245 left or so in tonight's game? That was probably the first sustained pressure the Hawks had. Well, you can't play an entire game with an empty net. I'm sorry. You're down 3 nothing. you got 15 minutes to go, or 20 minutes to go, rather. Let's go. Let's see some life. I don't know. It's just the same old story, the same old song and dance every night. And it's getting very frustrating. And I'm sure for you, the listener, and for you, the Hawks fan, it's getting frustrating as well. Especially on a day today where season ticket holders get a letter from John McDonough saying their season ticket prices are going up 4%. Brilliant timing on that one. I guess the longer you wait, the worse it looks, but good God. That's a tough pill to swallow for longtime Blackhawks fans or new Blackhawks fans who pop down thousands of dollars every year, who are watching this game tonight, seeing that effort and getting that email. That's tough. We'll talk about that next week on the big, big, big podcast with James neveau when he joins me Monday or Tuesday. But until then, the Hawks lose three nothing in Minnesota to the wild. Lost her fifth game in a row. Oh, and by the way, remember after the All Star Game, Patrick Kane said, Realistically, for us to get into playoffs, we have to go twenty three and ten. That was sort of the arbitrary number that Patrick Kane set. Twenty three and ten. Since he said that, the Blackhawks are two and seven. So how does twenty one and three look, everybody? You think that's gonna happen? Twenty-one and three from here on out. Whew. Tough. It's gonna be a tough slog to the end, but stick with us. We'll have some fun. We got a pair of Hawks tickets to give away. We're gonna announce that giveaway on the next podcast. So you got a chance to win tickets to a game. And we still have that pack of tickets to the Rockford Hawks Chicago Wolves game. A four-pack of really good tickets. Those are gonna be given away uh, probably in uh, February, towards the end of February. So stay tuned. Listen to the podcast for those details. But until we talk to you next time, Hawks lose 3-0 to the wild in Minnesota. For my partner, James DeVoe, who is not with me tonight, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishkas, Chuck's Southern Covers Cafe, and SeatGiant.com. Use promo code Madhouse to check out to save. Thanks for listening. Stick with us. We'll stick with you until this season ends. Thanks for listening again. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, The only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name and Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh?